Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Kristen Goodman. I'm Sarah Goodman. And we're Showbiz Siblings. We live in New York City. We're both queer. And we love musical theater. This is our podcast. Welcome to our second episode. Today, we're celebrating the first musical written by the duo of Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein. Oklahoma, O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A, Oklahoma, yow! The original Broadway production opened in 1943 and played for an unprecedented 2,212 shows. Oklahoma won a special 50th anniversary Tony Award in 1993, which coincidentally is the same year our mom starred in Oklahoma at a Chicago-area regional theater called Theater at the Center, where our stepdad was the artistic director. So naturally, this show is very near and dear to our hearts. It's been 30 years since that first season at the Center, and 30 years since we moved to Chicago from our hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. Our mom and dad had just gotten divorced, and we were the new kids in the big city. Life was a bit tumultuous at times, but those summer stock seasons in Munster, Indiana, served as our playground in a lot of ways. We fell in love with so many classic shows, and we got to see what it takes to create professional, high-quality musical theater. As part of the 30th anniversary celebration of that opening season, we took a road trip home to Chicago to talk with our mom, Jenny, and our stepdad, Gary, about their memories from theater at the center. This story about her audition oh, is that, what I She had the best know. audition I've ever heard in my life. She came in to audition for Oklahoma for Aunt Eller. And I said, what are you going to sing? She said, well, it's something special. I said, okay. And she said, and she sang all of Eller's lines. From the whole show. One after all another. strung together. <laughs> It was great. That's hilarious. All great. her singing lines. Oh my very God. clever. That's really funny. Very clever. But she was one of those people, I mean, she'd been in all the theaters in that county for years. Wow. So she was kind of like the local star, Celebrity. like Lee Pelty, you right. know. Mm -hmm. And she's still going strong. Really? Yeah. In Colorado? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But see, that was the same thing in Colorado. The leads were, the Curly was good, the Judd was good, and the women were good. 
So that was, you pushed that every time. Right. Whether they were supposed to be in the scene or not. Right. right. Because then, <laughs> like, hey, I'm there sitting. <laughs> yeah. But then the contrast to that was Carol Brown as Eller in Munster. She was great. That was she the... was so good, but she was not a glamorous Eller. She was no. like, she was typical Ellamity. Well, know? and I was talking Sharon into that because I yeah. wanted her. I said, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, in, look good. in Fort Collins. Yeah. yeah, but for Eller and Munster. That was Carol's best role. Oh, she was mm-hmm. so funny. She was Don't great. you think funny. she was so cute? Yeah. And, and the, the, um, the, the auction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Really. Seems so funny. That's a that's, tough scene. That's a hard Very scene. Hard. It's repetitive. First of all, you have it to be doing boring. math yeah. while you're saying your life. <laughs> Nobody knows what bits are anymore. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Remember the flea market in Fort Collins that we would always go to and then we would go to the Hickory House to eat yeah. afterwards <laughs> across the street? And I found a wig there for $3. <laughs> wow. And I brought it and I showed it to Lou and he's like, Oh my God. <laughs> he goes, well, I'm putting, uh, I'll put this in the washing machine because <laughs> it's nylon. But we'll, and that was my Lori wig. Oh, oh my God. God. And it was a wig. basically a mullet. And he said, we'll put it on backwards. Oh, wow. That is hilarious. And it was pretty. It oh, was pretty. pretty wig. The early 90s. That was you know? him. Yeah, he needed it. He yeah. washed it in the washing machine, hung it out to dry on a line, and then styled it. Wow. <laughs> it's hysterical. If you listened to our first episode, then you know about our new obsession with Toft. Yes, if you're in the New York City area, we highly recommend you go to the New York Performing Arts Library in Lincoln Center, where they have the Theater on Film and Tape archive. Obviously, the original 1943 Broadway production of Oklahoma wasn't filmed for Toft, but we did get to watch a recording of the 2019 revival. This production won the Tony Award for Best Revival. But did it get the good show stamp of approval? Let's find out. Archive Afternoon! All right, so today, today we set forth on a journey (laughs) that we weren't expecting. Um, Indeed. We went to Toft today, the Theater on Film and Tape Archive at the Lincoln Center Library, the New York Public Library. And we watched the... Daniel Fish, 2019 production of Oklahoma. Ooh-wee. Yow. Yow! <laughs> it was at Circle in the Square. And it was not what I expected at all. I did not know we were in for this adventure today. Yeah. Um, everyone I knew was calling it the sexy Oklahoma. And I knew that it was like instruments on stage and like a pared down band and like some interesting casting choices but i was not expecting any of what we saw today yeah and the people who call it sexy oklahoma i'm not sure if they actually saw the show (laughs) because it didn't seem sexy to me it was sexual yeah it was sexed up sexed up But sexy? Mm, Not so much. (laughs) Eye of the beholder, but definitely weird (laughs) and uncomfy. The the band on stage was cute. I liked their, like, really, uh, what do you call it? Like, really toned down arrangements or not toned down? Like, pared down? Like Pared down, that's uh, the word. yeah. Yeah, I really liked the pared down arrangements, and it almost seemed like, it could be like a little band in a pub or something. Mm-hmm. And when we first started watching, I was like, oh, this is going to be like set in a barn party or yeah, something. Yeah, it looked like a little barn party. There was like 
crockpots on some raw wood tables. So many crock a lot of crockpots. So many matching crockpots. Because, um, you know, a lot of the corn. Dust Bowl Pioneer people really loved their crockpots. They love a crockpot. Mm-hmm. They love a crockpot back then. They, that's all they did. They just made chili. There were, like, gun racks all over the walls and, like, mylar, fringe, decor, and some festoons. Mm-hmm. We love a festoon. Very festive It festoon. seemed promising. Yeah, I was first. like, oh, yeah, in the round, this is going to be cute, you know? Haven't ever seen Oklahoma in the round, but this is going to be great. Like three-fourths in the round. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think we should talk a little bit about things that we liked first because there are probably fewer of those things (laughs) yes than the things that we did not like about this show right i will say that um i really liked ali stroker's voice and interpretation of ado annie i thought she was really fiery and fun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and funny and a lot of the show was not funny so it was fun to have that element with her character yeah. Yeah. Vocally, she was fun to listen to, for sure. I really did like her voice on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Liked her. I didn't. I did like the band. You know, I yeah. thought that the... I also just, liked the band. You know, did I miss a horn section? Of course. Did I miss the piano at times? Yes. Yeah. But I really liked what they did with mandolin and that steel guitar i thought that was cute yeah i really loved the steel guitar additions in the in the orchestration i also missed the big orchestra for a show like that i also missed like the big ensemble vocals absolutely yeah it's hard to create romance without that big fit orchestra mm-hmm. totally I thought some of the costumes were cool but it was confusing that the costumes were like modern clothes yeah i and we weren't in the time period the time period was confusing in general not just with the costumes but with props and definitely the mics and stuff it kind of felt like we were in like some rural town in oklahoma in like the 80s or 90s yeah it sort of looked like footloose like 1980s yeah not 1880s <laughs> or like 1910 or whenever it's right. supposed to be you right. know, corsets and bustles and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's wearing tank tops. So many tank tops. Did not expect to see any tank tops <laughs> in the production of Oklahoma, but here we were, multiple tank tops. A lot of tank tops. A lot of tank tops and yeah. a hoodie, hoodie on Judd. Judd's wearing a hoodie. Yeah, that was interesting. I really didn't understand it's like, so there's electricity now? Like, like what's happening? They had microphones. They were singing mm-hmm. into microphones a lot. Yeah. But that, yeah, that was a strange choice. I really didn't understand what it was doing for the storytelling. Certainly in the, in the smokehouse scene with Curly and Judd in the blackout. Yeah, let's get into it. So this is, this is where it quickly becomes critique time. Um, that whole smokehouse scene was in the dark. Like, almost completely in the dark the like whole time. pitch black. Pitch black. Blackout dark. And they were both holding handheld mics. And then at times, holding a, holding a mic out for the other person. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, that was so strange to and me. And then a camera person comes out, a ca- camera cowboy, 
comes out with a video camera. And now we're watching like night vision, a weird, creepy Blair Blair Witch Witch project. Project. It was Blair Witch, Oklahoma. Blair Witch, Oklahoma moment of Judd's up his nostrils. Extreme close up. Extreme close up. And then Judd and Curly were like about to make out. Their mouths were like so close as they're singing, Poor Judd is Jade. Come on. This is like. It was homoerotic it was but i creepy not so creepy not hot at all not sexy not sexy very scary what is happening they served everyone chili and cornbread (laughs) that was so strange why again if you're gonna lean into this like white trash roseanne (laughs) spinoff setting then serving chili and cornbread at the intermission is sort of a cute gimmick because, like, we're all in on the party. But they didn't even serve it from the crock pots that were on stage. Also, they served it at intermission, which they placed in between Lori taking the smelling salts and the dream ballet. Right. They started act two with the dream ballet. Right. So we're just having chili in the middle of Lori's blackout? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. She passed out and we're all going to get in line and get some cornbread and chili in a cup. And eat it at Circle in the Square. What? What? 300 people are eating chili at Circle in the Square? What is this show? Who (laughs) said this was a good idea? Ooh. Ooh. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So now we've all had chili and we come back for the dream ballet. Yeah, the weirdest dream ballet I've ever seen. Talk about no time period. A woman comes out in just a t-shirt, no shoes. A sparkly sequin t-shirt that says, dream, baby, dream. Nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) And nobody (laughs) takes Lori out of this dream. I don't even know what that means, but that's how confusing this dream ballet was. It was so Um, so Dream ballet was pretty much just this dancer who we've never seen before coming out. All of a sudden, um, also had no resemblance to Lori. She's supposed to be Dream Lori. So she's supposed to be like Bizarro World Lori. This woman looked nothing like Lori. She had totally different hair. She wasn't in a similar costume. She was barefooted and she was running around like a goblin. She was licking the mic stand <laughs> and licking her licking? fingers. She was licking things. <laughs> licking a lot. stuff. There was a lot of licking in her dance moves. Yeah. Yeah. There was, if, if this was your first. Uh, like if this was your first time ever seeing the production of Oklahoma, like if it's the very first Oklahoma you've ever seen. God, I hope that didn't happen to anyone. I mean, I I would have a lot of questions. 
I would have a lot of questions. I have a question. Why did half a dozen boots fall out of the ceiling and hit the floor? That was a strong choice. And then Judd, when he was frantically chasing after Dream Lori, had to like frantically strike them as he was scooching across the floor. Talking about scooching across the floor, Dream Lori was scooch button it all over the place. That what a move. That was signature dance move, like a little puppy that has a turd on its butthole, Dingleberry style. So She's bad. Scooting like this. It was really, really bad and bizarre. No offense to that dancer, who was a beautiful dancer. Very talented. And very talented. Clearly but that choreography. Ooh wow. Yeah. What what does this mean? I wrote so many times. What does this mean? Dream Lori was gay for Gertie, the laughing lady. She was almost kissed her. Was Everybody a, was almost kissing was all the time. Mouth to mouth action. <laughs> so much mouth, mouth But on then mouth. yet, dialogue would happen like 25 feet away from each other. They'd be like hollering to each other from across the room. Yeah. There was then awkwardly holding their mouths up close to each other and breathing. A in lot each of other's staging mouths, far in each away. other's mouths. And then inside each other's mouths. I don't get it. It made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> then there was another scene with Judd in the dark after the farmer and the cowman. Lori and Judd are in the dark, heavy breathing all over, and you're like, what the fuck is going his on? Belt his unbuckling. belt comes out. It's, it's creepy. I didn't like that. Well, and, you know, I'm sure there's a million other things that we could continue to say about this show, but let's just cut right to the most dramatic choice yeah, we of gotta all. we got to cut to it. This is absolutely not what I was expecting to witness today when we went to Toft, just looking for a little piece of nostalgia, just looking for a little Rodgers and Hammerstein <laughs> classic moment. No, no, no. This production made some very strong choices about <laughs> about the ending. I like I don't even know how to how to phrase it. Um well, Judd gifts Curly a gun, takes it out of the box, hands it to him, cocks it, and basically is like, come on, man, like, time for you to shoot me. And they're standing there having this awkward exchange. So much silence at the end of this show. Just tons and tons of time with just nothing happening. They're all standing there. They're just standing there for what feels like an eternity. And then suddenly, Curly fires the gun. And even though Judd is 10 feet away, Curly and Lori have now been completely, their faces are fully splattered with blood. Complete splatter face, blood all over their faces. All over their faces. What the absolute Judd is still standing there. Yeah, he's still standing there. He, he does doesn't not fall to his death. actually die until he walks around behind them and then calmly lays down on the ground. Yeah, that's very strange. And then they proceed to do the entire end of the play with blood on their faces, including singing the last reprise of Oklahoma, where Curly picks up his guitar and tries to be all like... Let's just smooth this murder over with some fun music. The audience faces. It, 
Yeah. Were so intense. They looked so disturbed. Devastation. Confusion. Fear. And then Judd just gets up? Then he just gets up and sings along in the reprise. Everybody's back because everyone is like a cast of what? There were four women in the cast. Literally four women and then what? Six or seven men? Not even? Something like that. This is a show that normally has like 20 people in it. I'd say like 20 to 30 easily. Yeah, easily. The movie, oh my gosh, the movie probably had like 150 people in it. No joke. Yeah, so we were really devastated by this production today. And <laughs> it was very traumatic. We had to come home and watch the movie. We had to come home and immediately watch the movie because only Shirley Jones could cleanse our palate yeah. um, from such a terrifying, disturbing version of Oklahoma. I just cannot imagine any Rodgers and Hammerstein musical where I would think, you know what would go really good here? If we sprayed blood all over their faces and then had them just <laughs> bloody-faced for the rest of the show. <laughs> Is this like Sweeney Todd? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's... It was so many strange. It was totally unhinged. So many strange choices. And yes, we just felt so traumatized (laughs) that we had to come home and watch the movie. Well, and we could dig into it for hours, but I I jokingly said that um, the actual subtext of this revival is that Curly is a serial killer. And yeah. he's been murdering people for years, and Lori's <laughs> traumatized, which is why she has no emotion. Yeah, she was just She's like sort dead of a zombie, faced. dead faced, zombie all the time. Lori. She was. They were not cute. They didn't have any kind of flirtatious energy. Lori and Curly should be like sassy and flirty with each other, and smiley and like kind of snuggly and cute. Yeah. yeah. And they were like twenty five feet away from each other, just. <laughs> And then covered in blood. And then covered in blood. (laughs) It's terrible. So weird. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, so we came home to watch the movie, which was delightful. And, um, yeah, so the movie is from 1955. MGM. They spent over eleven million dollars on it, according to this Wikipedia page. That's a lot of money back then. Holy shit! How much do you think that would be now? Like two hundred million? I don't know, but yeah, I mean, they spared no expense. They yeah. shot it outside. They had like horses and carriages, so and many trains horses. and so many horses. 
They had flaming chandeliers. Flaming chandeliers in the dream ballet. They had a dream ballet that had actual ballet in it and multiple dancers, (laughs) 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 including a dream Lori who looked like Lori. And you know what? We knew it was a dream because of good lighting and storytelling and not because someone was wearing a t-shirt that said dream baby dream. I think I saw that t-shirt at Rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'd wear it. It was all a dream. The storytelling, (laughs) like you said earlier, uh, when we were watching the movie, the storytelling and just those couple lines of the dream ballet when Dream Lori is like being coy, Mm -hmm. that did more to tell about her character than the entire show of the revival. I never knew what Lori's deal was. I didn't either. I kept wondering what was wrong with her. Well, she's traumatized because Hurley's a serial killer. It's a murderer. He shoots he people point shoots blank. people right in front of her all the time. And then they don't talk about it. And then she's just like stuck, you know? You know, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> critique Daniel Fish so hard because maybe it is like a brilliant take on like gun violence in small town America. <laughs> wow. I just did not see that coming. Maybe he really was like helping us think about um, the trauma of rural America. And I don't know, but something, <laughs> something is, I don't know what the point is. It's hard it to was. grasp. It's really, really hard to grasp. Um, I definitely left it feeling like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not an idiot, you know, I'm reasonably educated. <laughs> and you're not an idiot. I've read some books. Um, I did not understand what was happening at all. And usually I can pick up on symbolism even if I don't know exactly what it is they're going for. And I just could not I could not grasp any of what the concepts were for this revival production. It was so bizarre. And it did not yeah. give me the essence of Oklahoma in any way, shape, or form. Right. And I, I think that's why maybe, you know, we needed that palate cleanser. We needed to watch the movie is because this show is so nostalgic to us. Like, we know that the essence of Oklahoma is, to us at least, I and I'll, well, I'll speak for myself, like, it's a it's beautiful and it's colorful and mm-hmm. it's joyful and it's funny. Yeah. And obviously the subject matter has you know it's deeply rooted in some problematic shit like mm-hmm. it's deeply rooted in that manifest destiny you know white people pioneering out through the west like yeah. that's not necessarily a history that we want to celebrate. But there is a there is an essence mm-hmm. of the story that is still worth enjoying, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because as we were talking about after watching the movie, we're like, oh, this is actually just about these little love stories. You know, it's it's mostly centered around this relationship drama between Lori and Curly and between Ado Annie trying to choose between Allie and Will. And <clears throat> there's a little bit of stuff going on around that, but even though they mention it in the title song, like the show is not about 
the territory becoming a state. That's right. just sort of the time period. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're just throwing that around as a as a marker of like what era we're supposed to be in and sort of the general vibe of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not trying to make a political statement one way or another about, you know, colonizers or, (laughs) you know, like it's not like I could see how it could feel like, you know, pro-U.S. propaganda for sure. Yeah, which I think it was meant to be when it originally was on Broadway in the 1940s. You know, it opened in Mm -hmm. 1943 and was like a show that people would see right before they go off to war and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So like it definitely has that element to it, as all of those classic era shows do, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein shows definitely have like problematic material. Um, But I feel like there were just so many missed opportunities by this revival to take some of those things or some in and twist it into like a clever statement and instead it was just like let's see how much we can traumatize the audience for real yeah and i think you know we we also have such a deep connection with this show because of our family right our mom was in this show several times and the first time i can remember was in fort collins colorado our mom opened a dinner theater called the carousel dinner playhouse And she played Ada Annie in the opening show of this show, of this dinner theater. Right, right. And it was so good. That was such a good production. Our then, like, our future stepfather, Gary Giacomo, was the director and choreographer of that show. And it was, it it, to me, and I, I obviously, I was very young. I think I was probably nine or ten when that happened. And so I have some memories in my mind of it, but I remember it being colorful and joyful and Mm -hmm. this capturing of this hope and this essence of the show. Um, I just, I did not expect that we were going to see a Broadway revival that didn't make me feel like that. Like I just, I was Mm going to expect to see triple threat performers dancing their asses off in gorgeous costumes and yeah. Instead, we saw people standing still in tank tops, <laughs> <laughs> kind of slinking around and being weird. Yeah. So it was just very strange. But um, yeah, this show is very special to us. And then the second production we saw, I guess, would have been Theater at the Center. Yeah, Theater at the Center in Munster, Indiana. And our mom played Lori in that one. She played Lori, and our family friend Mark Jones played Curly. And man, Mark Jones, he was such an amazing performer. (laughs) He was in so many of the shows our parents did. He was like the leading man of everything. Yeah. He was a good Curly. He was a really good Curly. I mean, he had such a great voice and was very handsome, and so was like perfect in all those kind of roles that he played like that. Like Curly, and he was... Joey and Most Happy Fella. Oh, yes. He was And so he was good frequently like the the love interest f- with mom. Right. And so I think they I really opposite each other a lot. Yeah. And he was a sweet, sweet, sweet guy in life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I in my mind's eye of that production, I remember same thing. Like it just being really 
kind of lush and this like celebration of what musical theater can be with these big, you know, vocals and mm-hmm. high notes. And I just. I also feel yeah. like this show, an important element of this show that was missing from the revival is the community. Yeah. Um, part of the reason why I think they titled it Oklahoma and not like Curly and Lori is because it's supposed to be about all the people in this area. Right. And all the women get ready together at the house. You right. know, that's something I hadn't really picked up on until both productions we watched today, the movie mm-hmm. and the show on Eller's like, tell all the girls to come get ready here. Right. You know, like that's the community that shows you like, even though they're in this like wide open spaces and it seems like isolated and desolate, like there are relationships here and there is a community here and there's like banding together yeah, 100%. And they didn't have an ensemble in this Broadway revival. They just had the lead characters and then like three random extra guys. Yeah. And <laughs> it was so odd to not so have that odd. big like party scene and to not have the the you know, the big dream ballet and right. stuff that where there would be a lot of people even Kansas City like not having that be a group number. Right. It was kind of just will just will and he was laying on a table he wasn't even dancing yeah he was just laying around so much sitting and laying in this show yeah it kind of made me yearn for the nostalgia of our little regional theater experiences in colorado and in munster because what those shows lacked in broadway budget they had tons and tons of heart and like actual storytelling and like and things that are entertaining and aesthetically pleasing which is like part of the old school way and like i i totally support trying to take a classic and like turn it on its ear and like queer it and make it different and like totally you know make it dark and make it whatever but this was not the way this was not this was not to this was just bad and traumatizing and not sexy i don't care what people call it if if y'all thought that was sexy, you need to go see some more shows. That's what I'm telling you. You need to get yourself out there to some better entertainment. That was not sexy. Why? Because Gertie made a dick joke while she was husking the corn? Come on. And everybody was doing a lot of vocal fry. So much vocal fry. And a lot of kind of yodely, yodely moves. Not my cup of tea. No. But you're right. right. I, tempest I, in a pot of tea. There's <laughs> a lot of t- way too much tempest in this tea. There is way too much tempest in this tea. <laughs> it does really show you how fortunate we were to grow up with these productions, like these this exposure mm-hmm. to theater like that. I, I think, obviously, not. Everybody gets to grow up with that situation. And we just got to see so many good shows. And uh, I thought this was going to be another one, but we might have to rename this episode. Not good show. (laughs) Not a good show. (laughs) Unfortunately not. It did not quite make the cut. I was just really hoping for that dose of nostalgia. It's okay. We got it with the movie. And we can think about our... Memories of our mom being adorable in that show. She was so good. Hamming it up as Ada Annie 
and Fort Collins. So versatile. And, and then, then playing Lori. Playing Lori. Singing with her pretty soprano voice. Mm-hmm. I kind of missed the outside of the house set, too. Yeah, there you know? was no set whatsoever. So, yeah, I kind of missed all of that. <laughs> well, there was a wall with <laughs> doors on it. And there were some gun racks in the room. They did spend a lot of money on gun racks. I kind of wish they'd gone more. If they were going to go, like, dark Oklahoma, I wish they would have done, like, Westworld sort of vibe. or That would have been cool. Something a little more. Yeah, or, like, um, dystopian reality, like, type thing like yeah steampunk dust bowl kind of people or like Mm -hmm. some kind of even like a seedy burlesque saloon yeah would have been cool yeah or like i don't know even something wild like afrofuturism or something like but totally make it make sense yeah and make it be a world stick to it like build the world. Build I don't think they built the world. The world. Where was the where was the world? We were in a creepy basement. That's it all that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I think one of my last parting thoughts is again about this subject of when it's appropriate to do a revival. And I just think that there's something extra special about the Rogers and Hammerstein canon. And the Obviously, there were plenty of other shows written during that time frame that didn't make it for one reason or another. And I'm sure there's a lot of reasons that aren't so great about why the Rodgers and Hammerstein shows have survived and been so ubiquitous in the musical theater canon, like Mm -hmm. in the world, why these shows get done over and over again. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of bad reasons for why that is the case. But certainly one of the reasons why in my opinion, they get produced again and again, is because they're really, really good. Yeah. And they're really a beautiful representation of the musical theater genre. And they're historically very important for the evolution of the genre. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to reproduce a Rodgers and Hammerstein show I think, like you should with any piece, you should honor what it was trying to do in the first place. And if you have an opinion about that and you want to alter that message in some way to fit your artistic agenda, then do so with strong choices that people can understand. Otherwise, just just do the show. Just do the show like it's written because there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, it's kind of like who are you to reconcept this story that makes complete sense on its own right. the way it is? And there's like, I don't know, I just feel like there's ways as a director to alter the story or tell the story in a fresh new way that don't completely changed the story and this felt changed the the ending really felt changed right because something that traumatic and disturbing happening in the middle of oklahoma just does not make sense no and it who's calling for this i seem to recall some story that mom 
or somebody told us about a production of The Sound of Music that they heard about where they like gun down the nuns at some yeah. point. Yeah. Like Also, why? Why? Not necessary. Again, like we don't understand the context and you don't need Right. Like the amount of violence in these Rodgers and Hammerstein shows is already enough violence. Totally. To get the point of the story across. You don't need to ramp yeah. it up. Well, and also, like, what are we gaining as an audience by seeing Curly and Lori manically singing Oklahoma with bloody faces? Like, what is that supposed to what com what's the commentary there? What is the subtext there? <laughs> because to me, now suddenly they're the villains. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, like you said, it's it must be that Curly is a serial killer. He's secretly a serial killer. Lori and Aunt Eller and the whole town are just uh, traumatized. And Actually, have... the whole town's dead. That's why there aren't other actors was, in the ensemble because Curly's killed them all. He's right. murdered. He killed this whole town. The whole town Judd's is one dead. of the last ones to get killed. <laughs> and he's like, every, she's like, every night we have to put on our wedding outfits and go murder someone. And then sing Oklahoma. And I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm dead inside. It was very bizarre. Don't like it. Don't splatter blood on my Rogers and Hammerstein, please. Not like that. Not like that. We got fished. <laughs> Daniel Fish, if you're out there and listening to the pod um, and you'd like to chat with us um, and, and let us know what you were thinking with some of these very strong choices. You know, I'd, I'd be open to a conversation. That'd be I, great. I would love to know why you chose to do some of the things you chose to do. And, you know, that's the beauty of art is that uh, we don't always have to like it. But I really wanted to like the show today. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to go see a good show. Well, we saw a good movie. We did. When we came home. We did. And we can watch the Munster version if we'd like. Oh, we have yeah. a tape of it somewhere. Yeah. I think Gabby digitized it. Way to go, Gab. So we could see our mom, Jenny G, playing Lori, not covered in blood. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> um, come to think of it, none of the musicals mom has done, she's had blood on her face. <laughs> yeah, ever. Interesting. Imagine that. How, imagine that. We seem to have gotten through an entire summer stock series year after year without any blood splatter on any of the protagonists faces <laughs> o-k-l-a-h-o-m-a -A. oklahoma yow thanks for listening to good show and thanks for following liking and leaving a review for the pod on your streaming platform of choice you can find us on instagram at good show podcast yeah, that's where we post cool archival photos from the original shows, photos of us as kids, info about our upcoming live shows, and so much more. Thanks, everybody. Good show. Good show. Good show. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.